Hi friends, jumping on before the start of the episode to ask for your help. Since I started this podcast four years ago, I have been dreaming of a place for us to gather, a place where we can practice some of the things that are shared here on the podcast, a place where you and I can meet gaze to gaze, heart to heart, and a place where we can share our experiences of enriching our lives through the wisdom of the body and expanding our pleasure through the wonder of the senses. I would love to hear your voice and your vision in writing this next chapter of Come to Your Senses. Go to schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey to contribute your ideas, give your feedback on which topics you burn with the most passion to hear about, and let's create a beautiful sanctuary together. Schoolofsensualliving.com slash survey. I will see you there. Hello, and welcome to the Come to Your Senses podcast. I'm your host, embodiment-based coach, Mary Lofgren. Here, we explore how to live bravely and beautifully through a lifestyle of embodiment. You'll hear gems to empower you around mindset, mindfulness, somatic psychology, and neuroscience, as well as beauty, food, style, and the art of slow living to meet your soul through the senses. I am so happy that you're here. Let's begin. Hello, beloved listeners, and welcome to Come to Your Senses. As some of you who have listened to the previous few episodes might know, I have been possessed lately by the joy and delight of going out dancing to live music. I don't know why it's taken me 42 years to figure this out. I mean, when I was a ripe, budding 17-year-old, my high school friends and I used to down a couple Zimas (laughs) and head out to the college bars in my town with fake IDs. And that was a blast. I had the time of my life. But somewhere in there, there's been a lapse in going out dancing. And just recently, have I reawakened the joy of that sans the Zima. And because there's always a little part of me that's looking through the binoculars of how I can turn normal, everyday, simple pleasures into podcast episodes for you. I have been researching how to maximize the level of fun and confidence and comfort that I have on the dance floor. And I am so excited to share some juicy gems about that with you today. Today's episode is going to feature both practical tips on what to do with your body to feel more alive, more embodied, and more ecstatic on the dance floor, and to feel less obsessed with how you might look or how you might appear. You know, when we talk about embodiment and embodiment work, what I really feel like we're talking about is having a fully alive experience. And the mind, which is concerned with keeping us safe by gaining approval and belonging on the outside with our pack, 
often tries to interfere with criticism or judgment or comparison. And so in today's episode, we are going to talk about not so much how to change your mindset around dancing. There will be a little bit of that, but more how to bring your body more on board and awaken some of those more subtle, deeper channels of pleasure when you dance so that the mind can actually feel safe to turn off and the body can express. And speaking of dancing, I am really excited to tell you something that is an announcement three years in the making, which is that for the first time since the start of the pandemic back in 2020, I am back, babies, to hosting retreats. This December 11th through the 15th, I will be hosting a Yule retreat here in Asheville, North Carolina. And this is a retreat to slow down and savor the season through your senses. Yule is a pagan holiday and a rhythmic holiday that celebrates the season of the solstice. And for our ancestors, this was a time of rest and reflection and recalibration and celebration. But for us modern day babes, you might find that the holidays bring on an experience of a lonesome ache or a frazzled sense of trying to get everything done. And maybe you experience the dreaded comparison with every holiday card you open with these idyllic JCPenney catalog looking families <laughs> in your mailbox, uh, just me. And you desire to return to the essence of this season. And you desire to indulge your senses with things like movement, massage, delicious meals, seasonal rituals, deep connection with like-minded, soulful, slow-living savants. And I opened the retreat to my coaching clients and retreat waitlist first. And within 48 hours, five of the seven spots were taken. In the last 24 hours at the time of this recording, a six spot was taken. So I am coming to you, my loves, with a holiday trumpet, letting you know that there is one suite left. And I just have to brag and celebrate that I named all of the rooms after Yule-themed titles. So there's mistletoe, nutmeg, evergreen, chestnut, juniper, solstice, and sugar plum. And the Sugar Plum Suite, which is a beautiful private bedroom with a shared bath, is currently open. So if you are interested in having a deeply embodied, pleasure-drenched celebration of the season and return to your body as the light returns to the earth, schoolofsensualliving.com slash retreats where you can view all of the details and sign up to have your stocking hung by the fire.
Where I not only like to begin, but feel I must begin, is by sharing a philosophy around dance and movement that about 10 years ago completely changed my experience of dance and my experience of my own body. And that is the philosophy of Koya, which is spelled Q-O-Y-A. It is a movement method by my dear friend, Rochelle Sheik. And in Koya, you know, Koya was developed by Rochelle, who is a college, uh, holds degree in dance, went to school for dance, and also is a yoga teacher and has been a lover of movement her whole life. And one day realized that the only way she felt like she was doing movement right or well in a class was when she got correction or praise from a teacher and that she was relying on someone else's opinion outside of her of what was right instead of judging what was right by how it felt in her own body. And this is just one thread of the beautiful tapestry that Koya is. But one of the things that we say in Koya, and I'm a Koya teacher and have been for a long time, is focusing less on how it looks, more on how it feels. How you know you're doing it right is that it feels right in your body. So whether we're doing a warrior two pose because the wisdom of yoga is a part of Koya, or we are shaking out our hips to Florence and the Machine, or we're having a free dance party to James Brown, there's no wrong way to do it. And the right way to do it is what feels right for you. And this philosophy and embodiment of this philosophy has not just changed how I show up on the dance floor, it's pretty much changed everything about the orbit of my life. So thank you, Rochelle. Thank you to the spirit of Koya. Thank you to the Quechuan lineage that inspired Koya. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And I begin there because every time I hit the dance floor, that mantra is what runs through my mind. Sometimes I was going to say, nobody cares what you look like. And everyone is so focused on themselves when they're dancing that no one's really looking around. But I don't know that that's totally true. In the places where I go out dancing, there are some people who are, you know, what some might judge as bad or awkward dancers. And let me tell you, they are having the best time. They are having a better time than anyone on that dance floor because they don't care how it looks. What they care about is how it feels and you can feel the electricity coming off of their body as they dance. And so that is your first gem is when you hit the dance floor, how you know you're dancing well and right is that it feels good in your own body. The second gem is that when you hit the dance floor, whether that's in a Zumba class or it's at a funk and jazz club in New Orleans, you need a warm up. You know, sometimes I notice that people get discouraged because they feel awkward in the first song or the first couple of songs. And 
I just want you to remember to expect because you're essentially going from the straight lines of how we move through the world to the chaos of unbridled expression. And so of course you need a little bit of time to settle in. And so that is your second gem is to give yourself, I usually give myself two songs to start to warm up and warm my body and become more comfortable in this new environment and in this new level of expression. And so I don't take a single thing that my critical mind is telling me is true. Seriously. I'm just like, yep, I know I look a little awkward. I feel a little awkward because you know, how you know you're doing it right is we focus less on how it looks more and how it feels and we follow what feels good. Well, it doesn't always feel good in the beginning. So give yourself the grace of a warm up to ease into those waters. The next gem is around where to move from in your body when you're dancing. And I do want to say that Yes, we focus less on how it looks, more on how it feels, but we're still going to focus on how it looks. You know, that is just so natural and so normal. And this next gem is not only a way to feel more grounded and more pleasurable in your body, but also to look more confident and more like you're enjoying yourself and can be a shortcut to finding that pleasurable place which is to move less from the arms and legs, more from the center of the body. Usually when we are more disembodied, we tend to focus on the extremities and expressing through the extremities. And something that I notice is that when I focus less on moving my hands and legs and feet and more on moving my shoulders and hips, my whole body comes alive and I start radiating from the center out to my extremities. And it just becomes overall a deeply embodied experience. The next tip around moving your body is inspired by a giant dog that I met recently at a party. It was, I believe, a Newfoundland. It looks like a giant It was just like this giant furry monster and he was so sweet and so kind and he was walking around with the dancers wagging his tail and he had a lot of fur. So I started moving my hips like I had a big bushy tail (laughs) and that is my tip to all of my friends whenever we go about dancing is try this new dance move. Just pretend you have a big bushy tail and it is so sweet and so fun and That kind of leads me into my next gem, which is that sometimes when you're on the dance floor, you know, we all have one to three moves that we frequent. I have something I call under the sea, which is where I make this funny like waving movement with my hands. My friend Juliet does the karate chop. My uh, other friend brings out the guns and, you know, kind of makes out, makes a gun shape with his fingers and just naturally that's what his body does. And when you're starting to feel uninspired with your regular moves, or if you just want to throw a challenge and an inspiration your own way, is to look out at other people and to mimic one tiny movement that you see them doing. 
So let's say someone is waving their arms. You start to wave arms, not to copy them necessarily, but to be inspired by them. Let's say another person is dancing with their head down low. You start mimicking that movement and see how it expresses in your own body. Something that we do in Koya sometimes is we take the elements as our dance partner. So if you were dancing, you know, if you could see the moon while you're dancing, if you were dancing with that moon as your dance partner, how would you dance? We will express through our heart or through our hips. And so if my heart was trying to tell a story, how does my body want to move? And that's a great question to ask yourself in general while you're dancing. This is something we say in Koya a lot is if no one's telling you how to move your body, how does your body want to move? The next gem is another body-based tip, which is kind of similar to the extremities one, but whatever you're doing, try doing it lower and bigger. When you feel contracted or nervous, your body will naturally become more contracted and your nervous system will draw everything in. And by separating the feet a little wider and sitting a little deeper into your hips, and by allowing your hands and arms to reach a little wider, all of a sudden, all this life force starts flooding into your body. You look more confident. You feel more confident. And so give yourself some room. My favorite place to be on the dance floor is like in the corner where I just have plenty of room to spread out and go bigger, go lower, unless you're drunk. (laughs) If you're drunk, try not to go bigger. Try to maybe edit, rein it in a little bit. But go bigger, go lower, and see how that feels. And the last gem for today is around bringing in your icons and inspirations. So one of my icons is a woman from the late 19th century named Natalie Barnet, early 20th century, I believe. And Natalie Barnet was born here in the United States, and she went over to Paris. She was from an aristocratic family, and she went over to Paris with her family, and Natalie Barnet was gay, and she found America so confining and Paris so freeing that she created a whole life there, and she was so daring and so disrupting to cultural norms and gender norms. In fact, she had a beautiful and lasting and wild love affair with a famous courtesan named Leon de Pougie and showed up at Leon de Pougie's apartment dressed as a page boy. And she said, I come in the name of Sappho. I am a page of love. (laughs) I mean, come on. And she would host these amazing rituals in her backyard of her Paris townhouse or apartment where people would dress up sapphically and recreate this aisle of women. And anyway, 
As you can tell, I bubble over with enthusiasm at her courage and level of expression and freedom. And so sometimes I ask myself when I'm on the dance floor, what would Natalie Barnet do in this situation? How would she move my body? How would she dance? And I encourage you to choose someone whose essence you want to embody. So for example, I might not choose, unless I was a ballerina dancing ballet, I might not choose Gelsey Kirkland or Mikhail Baryshnikov because I'm not looking to replicate their technique. I'm looking to be inspired by an essence. And so whoever's essence lies in your collection of icons, pray to them, ask them, embody them. I am sure they would be delighted to come to your aid. And if this message and this idea of focusing less on how it looks, more on how it feels, following what feels right in your body, expressing your story, and really unraveling trapped patterns of tension for new levels of understanding and expression to move through your body and into your consciousness, please know that each day at the Yule Retreat, we will be beginning the day with movement and dance. And as this is the upcoming season of the solstice, you know, this worship and this reflection on the light and the sun, dance and movement are an integral part of my retreats as we help to release layers of numbness and see our way through the dark and return the light of your life force to your magnificent body. And so my loves, schoolofsensualliving.com slash retreats is where you can learn all about the Yule Retreat and nab one of those sugar plum spots. If we have not retreated before, there will be a prompt to book a 15-minute call with me. Retreats are very intimate experiences, and I like to have a call with everyone before they sign up in order to ensure that it's a good fit for you and that you'll get what you need from it. So head to schoolofsensualliving.com to learn more. And thank you so much for listening to today's episode. I will see you next time. For coaching, classes, retreats, and community in creating a lifestyle of embodiment, head to schoolofsensualliving.com. There you'll find a free treasure an audio prayer poem to relax your mind, rejuvenate your body, and inspire your senses. Head to schoolofsensualliving.com slash relax to download your free meditation today.